Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? We can barely contain our excitement over here because today we're bringing you an interview with one of the most iconic people in the punk rock world and a rad dad to count them four kids, Eric Melvin from No Effects. Ah! That's right. Melvin stopped by to chat with Christian and they covered so much ground in what was a really thoughtful and insightful conversation. I already mentioned Melvin's a dad to four kids, two twin five-year-old girls and two boys aged 12 and nine. Melvin shared some of his experiences, insights, and challenges with co-parenting his boys following his separation from their mom, and he talked about how he feels proud to be a hands-on dad, being a part of his kids' lives from morning to night. He also talked about the importance of self-care, including physical activity. And of course, Christian and Eric, on that note, talk a bit of hockey too. If you're a fan of No Effects, you know they've recently announced a farewell tour, so Melvin actually talks about the reasons behind that, as well as the future of the band. And there is a future, so you'll just have to listen to hear about that. At the same time, Melvin's embarking on a new solo project called Melvinator, where he blends punk rock and electronic music in a really unique way. And he just released his first single, American Errorist, which is, of course, a reimagining of the No Effects song. And lastly, he tells us about his passion for helping people meet their goals through coaching. Melvin really opens up in this interview, and I love how deeply he thinks about his approach to parenting his kids. I know you'll enjoy this one, so sit back and let's get into it. Here's Eric Melvin on The Rad Dad Show. Welcome to The Rad Dad Show. Who yeah, are thanks. you? Who are you? Who are Hi, you? Christian, it's about? me. It's Eric Melvin from No Effects here on your show. Thank you so much for having me. I, I think Rad Dads is an awesome idea um, yeah you know thank you for having me here i want to hear more about what what you guys got going on but i'm definitely here to share what i also what i'm i've got going on excellent thanks thanks for being here and um you are here because you are a dad and so would you would you mind sharing um your name and age yeah, of your kids totally so yeah my name is eric melvin i am a dad of four kids i've got four kids um I've got two boys and two girls. I've got, you know, two boys from a previous marriage who are with me 50-50. So there's a whole other angle, you know, to being a dad, as many dads know. And I have twin, identical twin daughters um, in my current marriage, my second marriage with my wife, Sarah. And uh, it's, yeah, all kinds of exciting and interesting things going on with that as as the boys come and go um to my house every week um like i'm gonna pick them up after school in about two hours and and my girls are with me all all the time you know when i'm home which i I travel quite a bit um too and it's great it's wonderful it's so interesting my my oldest son eli is 12 he was my firstborn, my first, like, whoa, I'm a dad, you know, <laughs> moment that everybody feels that and goes, oh, my God, do I know what I'm doing? And, like, maybe I, I was the dad where, like, take him to the park and, like, pack two bags, you know, <laughs> full of stuff, you know, make sure the extra jacket and, like, you know, na- you know, needed nappies then, you know, and, like, 
thinking, well, what if his shoes get wet? I need extra shoes, <laughs> like you know. And um, my next born was Ian, is Ian, and he's um, going to be nine in about a month. Nice. Um, and yeah, so then uh, fortunately that was that marriage was on the rocks already. And um, I was like on my way sort of out the door right around when he was born but I was did everything I could like I I left that home as part of that divorce my home you know I'd owned and lived in years before that first wife moved in and uh I just left the, the home to her and those boys and I moved across the street to the neighbors oh wow so every morning you know when I if she and at first it was super sketchy Sorry, I'm getting way too into this right now. Okay. But, um, you know, every morning I'd go and, like, pick up my baby boy and make breakfast or make both boys breakfast or walk, walk Eli to um, preschool and then make Ian breakfast, drop him off again. Um, and then um, after a few years, I, I met another woman in Australia and... Um, fell in love, got married, we got pregnant, and had twins, <laughs> identical twins. So we, we didn't go to like the third child, we went to three and four <laughs> in one fell swoop. That was, yeah, that birthing experience was incredible. I was there to catch every one of my kids. Yeah, You know, I'm very, <laughs> it's a bit, for want of a better term, hands-on dad. Like I was literally hands-on right there. Um, and and I do that as much as I can. I'm lucky that the touring with no effects is like, you know, not what it used to be where it was like months at a time and home for months at a time. But, you know, we, we now do maybe two weeks at a time um, or just weekends and I'm home all the rest of the time. I'm like a stay at home dad. And I pick my kids up from school. Now my boys go to school right here in my neighborhood. So it's like a two block walk. That's brand new for me to walk to school and walk over there to pick them up and walk them home. Although all the kids in the neighborhood, they walk themselves home by themselves. So, you know, we're working towards that because it's pretty new and, um, you know, a whole new set of understandings that have to happen, you know, for that. When I was a kid, I was molested um, walking home from school. I mean, not just like, just walking home from school, you know, right. I was, uh, what is it? You know, I was convinced by man, you know, hey, you want to see like more, like he had his car, his bitchin' Trans Am, you know, and then he was like, hey, I got more cars in my apartment, you know, so that's where I went and had to get out of there then. Um, so, you know, I'm super paranoid about that happening and how easily that can happen, but things are different now. You know, that was 40 years ago or whatever that was more or more. And this neighborhood's different than that neighborhood was, of course. I mean, I live next door to a police officer and his family, although I don't know if it's okay with me mentioning that. <laughs> um, and I think there's some retired like sheriffs in the name and right on my block, you know, it's definitely a different neighborhood uh and uh yeah so i'm happy being a dad i love it i could just keep going now you know in, in any direction you want but, yeah we're, we're, we'll get there yeah so like yeah i have a son who's 11 so i 
I get the uh, walking home. Uh, so we, you know, similar in the fact that I, I have my son week on week off. And so you know, that separation has occurred and have, I've actually uh, have another son who was born in November. So he's two months oh, old. So we have this separation. Thank you. So we have a, a family of, I, I guess it's say five. So my, my current partner and girlfriend, she has a son who's 14. And so we have a 14 um, who she has most of the time and, and my son who just turned 11. And then we have this gap <laughs> of, of uh, two months old. And so anyways, going back to kind of the similarities with walking. Yes. I live three blocks down from my son's school and I love that kind of piece, but also uh, we, his, his, my ex and I, we made the decision not to have him go to daycare anymore and have him walk to my house. And it was, I, I get that. Right. I was like, I, we got him a cell phone yes. and then it's like, Hey, you text me when you're home and stuff. And, and so uh, it's just interesting oh, I because I, I used to walk of... home too. Yeah. Like, Oh, did yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, it, you're used to that too. Yeah. I get yeah, there was lots of similarities there. And was, so I hear you. I get yeah. it. <laughs> I know it's so great. You know, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, my age who are still just like either single guys or they're married and they just don't have kids. And they're like, Hey man, when are we going to hang out? And I'm like, you know, well, do you want to go to the playground? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like bring our kids to the playground. Oh, well, cause that's what I'm doing, you know, or you want to, meet meet at the beach with the kids or like you know that's what i'm doing go to the yeah. skate park with the kids or like my, my kids don't they, they haven't fallen in love with skateboarding yet so um it's just that's not a thing i do have friends whose kids are always at the skate park though yeah um yeah and, so and that's kind of that's the, what you know you talk about like having friends uh and trying to kind of maintain your interest and that's kind of maybe some of a bit of the impetus behind what rad dads does is we try to create a community where well i've tried to create a community where i can do the things that i still enjoy like going to the skate park myself and bringing my kids but also you know having dads who have similar interests and then they could bring their kids so it's like yeah. it's not like everyone's like yeah let's go to the skate park and bring the kids kids would go do their thing and the dads can still try to yeah. try to attempt to kickflip at 45. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And, not and so it's, it's worked to, to a certain bad. point. We, uh, you know, one of the things we've done too, is we, we host like all age ragers. We have like punk bands that try to introduce uh, punk and live music to, to younger kids. Um, and we've kind of accomplished that. Yeah. You know, a number of times and it's love it. just, just a fun stuff wow. do you consider yourself a rad dad i would like to yeah you know i, I would love to I, I feel like it's it's like a you know a bit of an official title that you guys already have something going but yeah i'd like to submit my name for consideration uh i i do i think i'm a rad dad you know an unofficial rad dad um i'm always you know taking my kids into consideration um i i might put their needs before mine a little you know that's just, just like a balance it's never there's no perfect point um and so uh you know i do more stuff sort of for them than i do for me which you know isn't ideal but 
I, uh, yeah, try to figure that out. Um, why why wouldn't you say like we, it isn't ideal? Why wouldn't you say say it's not ideal? Like why well, why is know, it important I'm, to kind of address your needs sometimes as a dad? Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self care it's really important. I um, you know, I I think that if I don't get um get my own interests you know like give them attention if i don't give them attention on a daily basis it, at least somewhat then i feel frustrated and i'm like oh you know i'm letting things in my life slip and i have so much you know um to do i have music which is a couple different things and i have coaching that I've been doing for almost two years now and um just my I, I do have other interests as well that I, there's just no time for I, I play ice hockey on a team that just plays once a week and I you know find it really hard to make it to that game of course you know uh the rink's like a half an hour drive got to get there you know 20 minutes early gotta have time to drink beer afterwards <laughs> yeah the and beer then league. come home you know yeah it's a beer league and and so you know it takes two hours or more to do that it's like whoa when do i find that time and um you know i gotta get to bed within a reasonable hour so that i'm up in the morning for the kids um but yeah I, I have an exercise bike in the garage and if I can't, I, I need to hit that a couple times a week and that's good for my mind. I feel like somehow it's just like getting the blood, the heart rate up, even this is only 20 minutes really is all I find time for. And then stretching that seems to keep everything flowing and I feel more, I don't know, like alive. My brain works a little better maybe, or it doesn't, doesn't get bogged down uh, but yeah you know like I, I did have time when I would take my kids skating and we'd put on the ice skates and I'd put them in gear you know I need to put them in gear like you know all the pads or at least most of the pads and a helmet of course um, and then we have a good time skating around and you know, they tow each other. There's a, a stick time that I found, but then like our schedule kind of didn't line up with that anymore. So a stick and puck time. But just a public skate is great too. But they need to be in their pads because we went recently without our pads and like both of them <laughs> fell pretty hard. And like, you know, we had like a torn pant and blood all over the knees. And it's like, all right, we could have just, it took takes seven minutes to like get those pads on you know it's so much more fun too i think when you can just fall and not not no. skin your knee wide open i um, I, I too have a passion for hockey so i coach my son's hockey team and um uh and same thing you know what you mentioned like i used to to play play in a league and like I just couldn't do it with the commitment, like in terms of if I have week on week off, I have my son that week, I can't really leave him alone to, to hit, you know, the ice time at seven o'clock, but I've managed to kind of work around that. And the, the fact that I 
coach. So I'm on the ice in that sense. And it's different, different experience, obviously. But I also host like through Rad Dads, we host every every boxing day, December 26th, I rent ice for two hours. We have a parent versus kid game. And, and uh, awesome. uh, yeah, so we've done that last uh, five years. Well, minus the COVID year. And and uh, yeah, I remember when you guys were here, number, I was probably six years ago. I think you you played some some hockey over at Enoch. I think. Yeah, I don't remember the rink, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that yeah, was cool. So... I think one of my my buddies or like call like kind of acquaintances kind of joins you on the the rink. But it's obvious and two, the the benefit that we have here is is uh we have ODRs, outdoor rinks, right? The your the oh, weather yeah. or I I'm assuming you're in California somewhere. The yeah, weather probably Southern doesn't California. doesn't uh, yeah. help <laughs> help with that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, over the Christmas break, literally my son was at the uh the we have an outdoor rink uh two blocks away just by his school and he's like i'm going i'm like okay i'll meet you there and it's like he's there for five hours a day for it was you know it's like four days in a row or something like that so but that exercise is so important when i when i find i'm not going to the gym or not being active like kind of that that grumpiness kind of uh fills in and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, but it's hard. I'm sure it's hard in California. My my uncle actually lives in Santa Barbara, and he was part of a fundraising group that um, um, helped build the rink. It's called Ice in Paradise. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's just mm-hmm. outside of Santa Barbara in Goleta, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he I lived he, in Santa Barbara in the '80s for a year, so I kind of know the area. Yeah, Later. so so he helped. Uh, you know, it was Luke Robitaille was on that executive and stuff like that, and they ended up building, fundraising, and building a rink. And so he actually coaches the high school hockey right. team with uh, Steve Hines from the Kings, and um, okay. it's kind of a kind of a neat thing, neat story because a Canadian moving down there, not having access to ice time, because here here it's pretty prevalent, it's relatively easy to get. Anyways, we could talk probably hockey about the whole time. For so, sure. So so the question, you know, you, you got on the topic. I was going to ask you this question. What makes a dad a rad dad? So looking at the traits and would you say kind of self-care? Do you have, have another trait or two that you kind of? Well, self-care is just kind of, I, I don't know if that's a trait, but it's sort of a basic necessity, I would say. I mean, I don't know if that's like a trait as a rad yeah. dad, but, you know, that's any dad needs some of that uh i guess um gosh what is what would would i think as a rad dad you you talked about being being there hands on yeah just being there exactly just being there um you know checking in frequently you know like taking an interest in his or her interests and your child's interests i think um you know i mean my my kids are funny. Well, my 12 year old, especially, he's just kind of like, you know, I'll ask him like, Hey, you know, how's your friend, you know, Sonny doing or whatever you guys get along with? He's like, that's yeah, fine. Like, um, you know, what kind of stuff does he like? You know, he's like, I don't know. You know <laughs> like, I'm getting all those answers. Yeah. Like I'm sure that he actually knows this stuff and thinks about this stuff at, at some time, but not, not when I ask him the question. Right. I remember I was, being I like a kid today. and yeah. not liking. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. What did you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. What did you do today? Right. Wow. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
nothing there was that one yeah yeah i kind of remember what it was like as a kid to just not be into like like the adult questions asking you to you know trying to get you to think you know and so i kind of get it and i i do then also back off you know i don't just keep pressing them for anything if i can help it you know um yeah, so like the hands-on, the being there, the taking interest in their interests, you know, I mean, uh, that's all rad dad stuff. Um, and that covers a lot of things. Um, I agree. That, yeah. You know, that's a pretty common answer. And, and to me, it sounds so simple, yet, yet, you know, many people or many dads or parents kind of struggle with that. And and you know it, for various yeah, reasons obviously right right all that stuff means a lot of it, it it's open to interpretation it's means so many different things to different people um and i notice also you know the having two boys and two girls i notice how like my wife sarah you know talks to my boys and she loves them and they love her but sometimes, you know, she, she, it's like she doesn't know how to talk to boys. You know, she thinks that they're just like girls. And she grew up having a sister. And, you know, of course, this is a generalization, you know, but my kids seem to be in that generalization of like boys kind of like not thinking, you know, and they just want to like not wreck shit, but they kind of do want to just wreck shit, you know. Um, my girls, they're just, they're different yet they're also very similar to each other. Um, um, and uh, yeah, and I see, I, I've i noticed over the years, like, okay, I grew up just, I'm the firstborn and my sister came three years after me. And I noticed, of course, it took a long time to figure it out, but like my sister, had a different relationship with my dad than I had with my dad, you know, her being the girl and he always kind of took care of her. Um, and not that he didn't take care of me, but I think he liked more, I don't know. Um, just let me do what I, whatever it was I was doing. My dad wasn't exactly a hands-on dad so much, but he, he was always working, you know, he, um, but, you know, he was involved with scouts and stuff. And we did a lot of camping, backpacking stuff. We did that together. And he, I watched him work on his car. And then, you know, he helped me work on mine when I got one. And, you know, I learned how to change the oil and spark plugs. And we build the carburetor. It was easier on his, you know, a car came from the 60s. <laughs> the carburetor's yeah. just there. There's a carburetor right on top of the engine, you know. Now I open the hood and I'm like, what is all this stuff, you know? Yeah, where's my computer? I got to hook it up. Right. right, I know. I'm about to try to figure out how to like, uh, whatever, a coder, a chip coder. Yeah. And I know that's been around already for 20 or 30 years, but I'm like about to learn how to <laughs> read my my car's chip see if i can do something about the way it changes gears from first to second anyway um but yeah that was it's interesting just how the relationship with my boys and my girls seems a little different for sure 
and, and the kids are different from each other. The two boys, they're not the same boys at all. By right. means. And their ages make them different as well and their needs different. I, I, um, I, I volunteer in the classroom every week. Like there's a thing that the, um, from in my third grader, so Ian is in third grade. And there's just like this funny, like reading thing that the teacher has. And she has a group of the kids, like not the whole class. And I go in there and it's just like 20 minutes or so of sitting with them while they read um, certain like groups of words. And then they, you know, advance to the more advanced words. It's, I'm not sure that I understand exactly the, the, why this is helpful, but you know, I'm there doing it. And I watch the kids like, you know, slowly advance to the next group and the next group of reading. And um, yeah, nice. I, I, I love that. You know, I also, yeah. I, I volunteer it with the scouts. So my, both boys were in Cub Scouts um, just coming out of COVID. And then Eli uh, graduated, I think they call it something else, to Boy Scouts. So Eli was the oldest in the Cub Scouts. And then he just now is, is with all these, you know, in the Boy Scouts, which is where they don't call it Boy Scouts anymore. They just call it BSA because oh, okay. his troop is actually a co-ed troop. Oh, okay. And I just love watching him every week. He's got a meeting tonight where he's there with it's all the kids are older and um, you know, obviously more experienced. And he's like at a table with like, you know, talking about maybe camping essentials or something. And it's both boys and girls leading the discussion. And I I love that that's just a part of his everyday world, you know, or every week world where he's listening to and you know respectfully to both boys and girls yeah that multiple perspectives sort of thing for sure you know we've come a long way you know still have a long way to go but generally you know we've come up come a long way if i think of just for like hockey game for example like I, i don't know how what it's like down there but you know the whole concept of you know reconciliation with indigenous cultures and and if you know anything about residential school system uh and how you know indigenous uh people of canada you know kids from you know were taken off reserve and forced into what they call residential schools you know back then so that's really kind of coming to light right now and it's really integrated in 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 school programming and stuff like that and and you know one of the, the ways to kind of forge that path towards reconciliation is is just re- you know doing a, a land acknowledgement as an example it's really a simple gesture of just acknowledging the land that you know indigenous people were here before us and whatnot and they have that at, at, at the start of every oilers game and to think about that 10 years ago would that would be not even in in the conversation and or there's a there's a company from in Canada. I think it started it started in Edmonton. Actually, they sell pride tape, uh, and so it's for hockey tape, sticks. Yeah. yeah, and and so we yeah. have NHL players supporting this and actually sporting you know rainbow colored pride tape on their hockey sticks. Like think about how powerful that is if you were you know a gay or queer youth and and see that like wow it's just wild it's just amazing to me. And the way our world is so interconnected now, like kids in the small towns or way out of the way places um, will be watching 
and seeing this and they can like learn that there's you know it may not exist in their own town but that it exists in the world and they're learning too i think that's pretty great yeah the pride tape people somehow i had connected with them a few years ago or more and so i got a couple roles and i you know had pride tape on my stick for a while until i had to change it but the guys on my team were like dude you gotta just change that you know it's all like you know cut off at the bottom it's just like you know flailing everywhere i'm like what i don't have any more tape you know like they're like it's not even like stuck to the blade anymore (laughs) yeah i think one of the uh um one of the creators of that he actually works at the university of alberta in edmonton and he's uh, a professor of of uh of education and you know really a strong uh, vocal you know about gay gay youth and gay rights in in and around canada so it's a pretty pretty neat initiative in what ways has fatherhood changed you (laughs) so many ways um one thing i i I think my go-to in how it's changed me is um I think about what my life was like before kids and I'm like, what did I do? You know, it's like my day is so full now and busy and right up until bedtime, you know, which is always like later than I like it to be. Cause I got to get up earlier than I like to be. Um, so full, you know, um, there was a time when I came to this realization. That's a bit of like a life philosophy for me that I'm working on. That is that we are kind of the same people we were when we were kids. We're just like, you know, more hair on the face, been through a lot more, you know, but we're like kind of that same, we're the same somehow. And sometimes when I look at people, I I picture them as like that eight, as an eight-year-old. And I'm like, you know, I see you're that kid you know you're that kid that's cool and um yeah I I like that uh do you think we could change I don't know if you can hear can you hear thump 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 like my daughters are running up and down the hall (laughs) anyway it's not coming through do you think we could change then or is that like that we can change? Yeah, like like I'm I'm not interested in I, I this like philosophy because I kind yeah. of feel this way too. Like if I think back of when I was, I think about like eleven and twelve from when I was twelve. I don't feel like I've changed all that much to be honest. Like yeah, I have more yeah, experiences yeah, yeah. and I you know have more knowledge and stuff like that. But like I still love punk music and like it influenced me. It sounds. I was kind of maybe cliche or silly. And sometimes I'm always a bit reluctant to like tell people that I like, they're like, you know, why are you? Well, you know, I had grew up in a broken home. My dad left. Uh, It was my mom and three kids. She struggled. um, And I went to university and my dad 20 years ago committed suicide my mom had a terrible gambling addiction, was homeless at, at some kind of point. And people are like, wow, like, you know, your, your parents had all this. And, and I say that to people that like, 
I kind of overcame it. I was kind of silly, but um, it was kind of like punk music. I was just in- interested in like the like what you know bands like No Effects were talking about, or Bad Religion were talking about, or Dead Kennedys, or I'm a huge Crass fan. Like Crass, what they were talking about, I love like Crass, that. You're so good. I love Crass, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just like you know. I mean, of course, you guys have your funny songs and stuff like that, but it was always. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that that conversation <laughs> in terms of like I still listen to that same music and I still think of those things that I learned by listening to those bands. You know, if, if Jello Biafra is talking about someone, I'm well, who's he talking about? Who is this Noam Chomsky guy? And you, you read it. Yeah. What are, what what do you mean you can have anarchy and peace? Who is this Kropotkin <laughs> guy? Like it was just it just blew blew my mind. So I haven't I don't think feel feel like i've changed all that much and it was those earlier early influences that made me kind of who i am i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that so well i think i think you know we're kind of well we're talking about like is are we the same as we were when we were maybe yeah okay let's say eight to twelve sometime around then you know i noticed my seven he's gonna be nine ian that he was still like a bit like it a toddler you know until he hit about seven or eight and then he seemed to like his brain started to like i don't know what it was and he's really started becoming independent and i was like okay i think it's about that age and i know that um some like uh what's his name rudolph steiner i think that education guy who kind of i guess waldorf came from him or in, in other places they call it steiner um they thought that like, yeah, seven or eight ish is when like, they don't even bother teaching. I believe like writing or letters, uh, not in a traditional sense, reading, not till then. Before that, you're just blossoming the brain, lighting up the brain as much as possible with like art and other things rather than starting math and writing and stuff. Cause that will come very quickly in his theory at about that age, if you've already done all these things that just light up the brain. No, no. Um, but, so, but then, you know, I, I think my personal philosophy is like, we, we are, we're the same people. We just, yeah, get more experiences, we've got trauma, we've got like things like that, that we just deal with. But like inside, there's like that personality, that soul or whatever, that's pure and just wants to live life and wants to experience life but we've got trauma or we've got you know uh maybe some other experiences that, that really like opened us up you know that like became uh that were a uh, you know inspirations right so like could be scouts it could be like a great teacher in school that inspired us like now i love you know sci-fi or i love math because of mr you know mr christian does knowing that does that i don't know your last name (laughs) that's rabba does does knowing that does knowing that influence how you parent do you do you go out of your way to provide a multitude of opportunities and experiences for your your children so they can find one that they love or is it just kind of what works oh yeah well i try yeah for sure you know like get things for, you know, I have lots of paper around for drawing and colored pencils. And so drawing, um, for sure, like an activity, you know, like Eli, you know, was doing, was starting karate at like, I forget at like four years old. 
you know, just because, well, I did it too, but um, not doing it because I did it, but, uh, you know, it was a great experience for me, you know, um, a sport, some kind of sport. But for me, I thought, well, karate kind of covers it. Although we did try some hockey that was kind of hard with scheduling, tried some baseball. That was kind of hard again with scheduling and um, the, the, the location. But I also think, and for me, you know, it was scouts. And I think scouts is also a, a really good, like it's kind of a rounded, well-rounded thing where you're learning lots of different life skills and confidence building things. Um, so that's, <clears throat> yeah, to me, like those two things that I think cover a lot of ground, like karate covers a lot of ground because especially at this age, which is, I think is more important maybe. Um more to say about that but you know you learn the what's it called proprioception so like where your body is in space and uh where you know if you're going to kick like with your right foot you're also going to kick with your left foot and you might notice how different that feels and over time might be able to find a way to make it feel the same so you know stuff like that uh and just have them run around for like you know an hour but uh and we do that at home too. I've got a trampoline in the backyard and the kids just like are always out there and, you know, building those muscles and those coordination skills of like jumping and kicking in the air and stuff. Um, Get it. Did you have yeah. any fears about becoming a dad? Well, yeah, it was really hard at first because somehow you know, I was just afraid of every little thing, you know, I was afraid of him getting hurt, you know, when I was first born, I didn't want him to hurt, to be hurt, to fall. And I kind of realized after a while and, and through talking with other people, and I did reach out to some like parenting professionals or read a couple of books. Some of that stuff is necessary. Like we learn balance because we don't want to fall, you know, like kids have to kind of fall. And some kids have to learn that kind of lesson. Some have to fall hard, I think, to not want to fall again. Uh, you know, my my daughter just grabbed a, a kitchen knife while I was, you know, she just kind of came up behind me, put her hand out, and she got a little cut. Luckily, and I don't think she's going to do that again. Luckily, she got a little cut. She didn't get her finger cut off. You know, like there's that lesson too. Like, but it, you know, um, so yeah, the fears. I didn't want them to get hurt. Um, it's challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm also. Uh, it's I don't have a good relationship with the, with my ex-wife, the mother of my two boys, and uh, you know, I I try, but. Um, she just makes it really challenging and i'm just like you know all right we're just going to keep this by the book you know we have custody orders we'll just follow them and uh, it makes she, it so hard yeah yeah really hard like i was impressed when you said somehow you talked to your ex and she well, said it, like, it, oh, it took us <laughs> i was like i wish i could do that it took us a long time to get there and uh, yeah i empathize with that people that go through that and and I have, you know, a close friend. So she separated from her husband and 
and he's all by the book and just not cooperative and just the amount of energy that it takes him to like stop her from doing things just to me it's like wow it just seems bananas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's like i i do believe that she she's just you know got like some empty spot in herself that she's trying to fill and you know um you know somehow making me diminishing me and my efforts is like makes her feel better or something you know yeah so it's it's not ideal at all i'm about to like write another email to talk about like what's going to happen next you know this coming summer summer 2023 and making plans for the kids and you know if there's a better way to go about it and i i don't expect it's going to go well at all i already reached out about some of it and she was like you know as usual ambiguous about her aunt her what she wanted and ambiguous about you know her her part in what i was asking and um you know, it's like she wants to know what I want so that she can do it first. So I, I think that's what it's, it's a weird competition thing. So I, I expect that's what's going to happen, you know, to make sure that whatever my hopes are from the kids doesn't happen so that she can be the one who does make it happen, you know, so that she can show the kid, the boys, see, see how good your mom is to you and see how not good your dad is to you and she can feel good about herself you know it's too bad i'm sorry yeah but you know there's a lot more going on than just having an ex you know (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean we'll still like go to the (laughs) beach and but yeah you know i was curious about um this week on week off thing that you said you have i mean do you do you do that because we do a two two five so she has a monday tuesday i have wednesday thursday and then we trade off weekends so like so so my son like i said yeah Yeah, sorry like my son we kind of separated when we're the separation kind of occurred when when he was about three so now he's 11 uh so that was hard because i wanted to see him and so we went it was like a two two three three i think we did Oh, I did that one. Yeah, that's and hard. Yeah, that that's was rough. just kind of, and it was also too at the point like we had had a had a property together, and so we made the decision to always keep him at the house, and so then we were kind of coming in and out, and then uh, we sold that place and had our own own places, and then I I think she was in, she's in social work and education, and I'm in education, so. Uh, that helped a bit um i think yeah. in the fact that we recognized um you know that we wanted stability for our son so we always you know as as angry i guess we were at one another um <laughs> we tried to shield him as much as <laughs> anyways yeah so um we agreed to go to a week week to week when he started school uh just to have yeah. consistency during the week but what we've done is, so that's what it says in our, our order or separation agreement, but we've deviated in the fact that we have a week, we call it a supper visit. So uh, we go Friday to Friday. So on Friday, he will um, come here Friday night. And then 
I'll have them for that week. And on Tuesday is her supper visit and Monday is my supper visit. So every Monday, no matter what I have him and I take him to music lessons and usually we come home and then have supper and then I'll take him back to her house. And then on Tuesdays, she'll pick him up from school and do whatever it is, have supper and then drop him off at my house. But we're at the point too, like you kind of mentioned, like that we're so flexible which is really nice. And I, you know, I really you know, hope that you could get there one day where it's, you know, if it's, you know, it's cold here, there was, you know, a couple of months ago, it was like minus 35 and <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, okay, I really don't feel like driving over. Cause she's lives about 15 minutes away. It's not that far, but you know, mm-hmm. after supper, you kind of just hanging out, you kind of maybe on the couch a little bit watching it. Like the last thing sometimes you want to do is just get bundled up to drive him 15 minutes so he could literally have a shower and go to bed. It's like, right. and and my, and his school is two blocks from my house. And so it's like, okay, yeah, he's, right, he's going right, right. yeah, to stay here tonight. And she's okay with that. Uh, and so that, yeah. you know, Jeez, and same thing with like Tuesday. She's like, I don't feel like driving over. I'm like, that's fine. Just take him to school tomorrow. I'll see him tomorrow. And so it, yeah, see, I, I like the 225 because, like, every Monday they're with their mom. Every Monday of the week. Every Tuesday of the week. Um, I mean, there's no ideal. There's no perfect because they're always right. going to be split. Always gonna be, at best, they're going to be 50-50. They're going to be in one else. Yeah. But, you know, like for karate, um, you know, I take them every, well, every thursday they have scouts every wednesday so and that's my time so that's what i take them to you know every week um which is cool but yeah there's some times where there's like a scouting overnight on a weekend and it's on her weekend and you know um uh it's a problem she won't she won't take them to anything you know and and it's sort of understandable she didn't want tim and scouts you know yeah, that's, thing. that's the same thing that my friend deals with where like she'll put him put their her son in soccer and the dad won't take him to a soccer game or soccer because he doesn't want to. It's like, oh, like yeah. who's who's benefiting there? I, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, okay, but maybe because you know I kind of get that kind of, but what would be ideal is if they were to just say something together. Hey, let's let's pick a sport. That we'll both take them to. Can we find that? And that's hard to do, but you know, because maybe uh, that dad, like like my ex, she put him in a in a baseball, and um, it was at the, at the time it was at the park that they that they went to school at at the time, which was like a half an hour drive, and it was like the practices were sometimes Tuesdays or like Thursdays, and it was like right during like dinner, and it was like. A, that would you know i wouldn't have chose that baseball program anyway for that reason first the location then next to time there's other baseball programs you know so that was kind of a bummer i was like now the boys are missing you know one practice a week because they're with me and i don't want them to feel like oh dad won't take us to baseball or whatever you know but but i did i had to deal with that for a while and then they sort of like got it, but it still wasn't okay. So I was like, man, man there's got to be a better way. So for right now, it's been, yeah, just taking them 
the scouts because it's Wednesdays and karate is Thursdays. Um, but I, I got to like reach out again and say like, can we do this a better way? And I just have to try, you know, and see what it is, see how she responds. Well, like I said, I expect it's going to be just the same way it has been for <laughs> nine years now. Wow. That's <laughs> so, tough. That's tough. Yeah. It's yeah. Really you know, like you said, you got to keep trying. And we're lucky in the fact we both like hockey. And so she, she, she's at his, all his games. And, and oh, yeah. before we sign him up to anything, we always say, okay, like, you know, do you want him to put him in, into this? Sure. And the thing is nice too, is like cost is 50, 50. And so if I, she registers, you know, we registered him for a uh, uh, spring hockey, it's four on four hockey. And, she registered, signed them up, paid for it. I'd e-transfer my half and done. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. rest is 60-40 for extracurriculars. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I get that too. At one point right. we were you know. there. We were we were at fifty three forty seven. I'm like really, oh <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, let's yeah. uh, let's let's wrap her up here. Let's sure. have an opportunity right now to talk about what's next for you. You know, there's so much happening. You oh, have yeah. the the new release, yeah. uh, the Melvinator yeah. with the um, American Errorist. You t- yeah. talked. I'm curious about your coaching thing too, and and then obviously you know No Effects is doing doing kind of a the last fair- sure. hurrah sort of thing. And yeah, the here's here's yeah. your chance to plug and yeah. chug and. Well, that's kind of the right. biggest news, maybe. Well, maybe is that No Effects is doing a farewell tour, and it's going to take like maybe a year and a half or more. Well, maybe that's going to be it. Um, trying to make it all happen and we're just going to go to as many well play as many places as we can but the the tagline right now is it's been 40 years and we're going to go to 40 cities and um, play these farewell shows and we're going to do like 40 songs a night and and a, a couple of them are already like you know two or three nights so we'll do different albums um combinations of different albums and you know i'm looking forward to it but i'm also really sad about it of course you know i don't want it to to call it quits on the live shows we're, we're not quitting we're not breaking up as a band you know mike it's mike wants he's been talking about wanting to stop touring for a while for years it's just doesn't give him as much pleasure as it used to or it gives him more anxiety than it ever did and so we we kind of you know we can't force him to do it you know we're just like hey come on keep going you know maybe we can change things to make it less stressful for you and it just didn't work so like okay we have to do this thing for our guy our brother you know um, but he wants to keep writing music. Of course, he'll keep writing music, and he wants to keep us to keep making records together. So that's the plan. Um, that's that. The biggest news, and the next biggest news is a, the launching of my solo project that I've been working on for like you know twenty years, in just the confines of my own laptops, my own computers. Over time, um, I've always loved all kinds of music. Of course, punk rock being my number one favorite, but I've always loved electronic music of all different kinds. And 
uh, dance music of all kinds. And I tried to find a way to combine those things and, um, and also write my own music as well, like solo stuff, my own thoughts, my own melodies. And it's trying to figure out what that process is like and finish songs when I really didn't need to, because with no effects, I could just bring a riff or bring a, an idea. Now I have to do it all myself and I'm enjoying it, but it's, yeah, it's really challenging. Um, so the first releases are the sort of the general sound that I'm going for which is punk rock with like EDM instruments. So like synthesizers and drum machines and synth basses and, you know, me on guitar and my vocals doing no effects songs. Cause I found over the years, like no effects riffs that work well with that, that, that BPM and, um, you know, experimenting with different synthesizers and so that's the first wave of releases is you no know, effects covers. And I've already got seven or eight originals that I still, you know, would like to hear more uh more finished, like there's still just ideas. Um, and then those might be out by the end of the year, maybe. And I've always been a live performing musician, so I want I'll be I'll be performing these songs live, and I'm not sure exactly how. <laughs> you know, I've been playing around with just me get me playing guitar and singing with backing tracks, so like I can go with just my laptop, my guitar, and somewhere, and just start singing and playing guitar over these backing tracks. Uh, I also think I could do it with like a drummer and maybe a keyboard player. So just like a three piece, but I'm not really sure I'm ready to like start another band, you know, with some other guys. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, that's most of the music. I, and as I've been doing it, some of this music has been not so much like EDM sounding, but sound more like almost just old school hardcore where it's like a little faster than a dance beat. But I'm like, gosh, but this is a good song. And I like mm -hmm. singing it. So I might also have like a kind of a hardcore project of my own. We'll see who that'll be with. So, yeah, it's just, and there, and I'll have time because I think the no effects shows, <clears throat> you know, there's only going to be 40 or so over the next two years. So that leaves some time for me to do my own thing and play my own shows. Um, the coaching thing has been something I, I started doing about two years ago. I got a certificate at a university online um, with a, you know, a, a classroom of Zoom students um, from all over. Well, I guess it was, you know, North America uh, and Europe and um I really enjoy that, you know, because I like talking to people, but I liked, you know, especially talking about like something specific, like, and trying to like find something new that, uh, you know, that somebody wants to do. A lot of people I talk to, they, they want to start a new career or a second career or find a way to, you know, 
find time in their lives for that hobby that they've always been curious about. Sometimes people just need to talk about that. You know, we talk about things with our, our family, our partner, our friends, and their kind of wishes for us might narrow down the conversation. You know, they just want you to be happy. You know, your family says like, oh, you can do whatever you want, you know. But sometimes like having somebody dedicated to like really like problem solving why this isn't working or or what it you know what kind of resources you might need to to start a a, a new career or something so that's what i've been doing it's mm -hmm. like a, you know being helpful to people i love it and of course yeah it's an income you know people are paying for my time um but you know i think it's really helpful to a lot of people that's I enjoy that. I like that. You know, I'm in a, currently in a role at at the university. I took a secondment, and I'm I can, I'm called an instructional coach. Uh, so I've, I'm helping engineering professors uh, be more engaging to their students, and and so I I get you know obviously I, you know I've always been helpful to my students, but it's a different setting where I'm helping you know these professors who have you know PhDs and. And they're, you know, extremely bright. And and here I am, this high school teacher that, you know, has had success <laughs> in the classroom, kind of helping them and coaching them. So I, I get that, you know, the ones that are really engaged in the program are, are very grateful for my my experience and my help. And so, yeah, helping people cool, is, yeah. Is, is just, it yeah, it makes you feel valued. And so I you know, appreciate you doing that work yeah. well, with people. And, uh, and I think it's good great. on you. Good on it, you. It's kind of like a producer you know, in the studio, like it's a third or whatever, you know, an, an, another perspective that is just focused on the project itself. So like, I'm, you know, you talk to your friends and they just want you to be happy. And I'm not necessarily there for you to be happy, except I know that like, if, if you get some, you know, help getting, you know, um, further along in like a photography career that you want to start you know I know that's going to make you happy but I'm focused on how you're actually going to make that happen you know listening and um, and helping yeah it would be fair to say cut, cutting through the bullshit <laughs> it's just getting <laughs> well it yeah there is some of that sometimes people <laughs> just sort of like yeah we it's emotional when we're trying to do our own stuff you know we've got our own confidence issues and maybe um yeah trauma or something i mean it's it's not you know therapy because therapy does look at past trauma and try and heal you know coaching is more like um looking forward at what you want to do and how to get you there what's the path what's the just the next step you know to like uh the next step that gets you know, in a direction to sort of get some momentum, maybe. Of course, we do look at the past, like, well, when you tried, you know, painting in the past, what what happened? You know, like, well, I didn't find time for it, you know. Or, and then, so we talk about that. So there is some talking about what happened in the past, but in a different way than therapy does. Any words of wisdom you'd like to leave for the dads or future dads out there? <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to like assume or presume that I can know what anybody's going through, but you know, I 
in a general way, we're going through the same things. You know, we want the best. I think we want the best for our kids and it's hard. We're dealing with our own childhoods, you know, try to, we want to, in some level consciously or subconsciously, we want to maybe break the chain of, you know, the dysfunctional chain, but continue the functional chain, you know, just like keep, keep going, keep trying, stay present. Of course you are, you know, and we're all going through it. We're all trying, we're all struggling. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Let's end it there, sir. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Too. All right, that was Eric Melvin ah! on the Rad Dad Show. Make sure to go check out Melvinator and go check out No Effects on their farewell tour. It's your last chance. Thank you so much, Melvin, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media or both. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter. And here's something new for 2023. Like I said last episode, we're on TikTok. All of those ones at Rad Dads Show. And hey, you can also head over to YouTube to watch all of these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us so much. And lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.